How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Okay, before we get started, have you ever thought about doing what I'm doing right now? Starting your own podcast? Has anyone ever told you that it's complicated and you need a sound engineer, a studio, and all this major equipment to do so? Well, you don't need that. All you need is the Anchor app. It's free. They will pair you with sponsors that they find for you. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And let's start the show. Welcome to the Tea for the Queen podcast, the podcast where we try to keep our sanity in the era of staying woke. I am your host, Tiara Burns, and this is your episode. We are recording. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming. And I feel like this is a little bit of a short notice, but not really. No, we've been no. we've been sitting on this for quite some time. We have been sitting on this for quite some time. And I feel like you kind of felt me like possibly going to ask you to be on the show. Did you feel that? Um, I felt a little. So, yeah, I've been preparing myself and just like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. good to know. <laughs> I'm like, you know, this would be a really great topic. conversation and mm-hmm. topic to have because it's something that we had to really experience, experience for, for yourself. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, my intent is to just like let people know like, hey, mm-hmm. you have the power for donations and nonprofits mm-hmm. and we just, we have to kind of be your informed, own, informed yeah. and, and do your own due diligence your own and due diligence. advocate for yourself. Yeah, that's very important. Yes. So guys, I have here with me my very good friend, Hannah. And I say very good because we just kind of have clicked this year. Or we trauma bonded. We, maybe or. it's trauma. Maybe it possibly is trauma bonded, which is actually the best way to bond with someone if you think about it. It's A healthy best, trauma, I guess. I guess so. But... Um, <laughs> I have Hannah with me today, and Hannah, tell a little bit about yourself before I explain how we met. Do you want, let's talk about how we met. Let's, yeah, let's do that let's first. Ta- well, yes. Actually, let's, you tell me who you are. Okay. Tell me who you are. Who are, who's Hannah? Who's Hannah? Yes. I'm Hannah. Yes. Um, so, oh gosh, where do I begin? I love this question. Who are you? I'm like, oh. Um, so I am in my mid-20s, originally from the DFW area, yes. so kind of born and raised around this, seen it change, grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I have worked in nonprofits. My passion is women's empowerment and kind of just been exploring that with myself um, mm-hmm. since 2012, and mm-hmm. that's kind of where my yoga journey began as well. So like when I started doing yoga, I realized, oh, you know, what What does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean to explore your body? What does that feel like? What does that look like? Because, you know, in my childhood, I went through some severe trauma and didn't understand, like, what self-love looked like. Mm-hmm. Did it, like, because the abuse was physical and some and sexual in some sense. So, like, you feel when that thing, those things happen to you, you're not realizing, like, how detached you are from your body. Yeah. And yoga made me realize, 
wow, no, your soul body is, is connected and mm-hmm. it all needs to be in one. And yoga has been that kind of avenue for me to really mm-hmm. discover what does it mean to be Hannah and what does it mean to be a woman, but also how does it mean to just kind of walk and treat people in life too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm mm-hmm. loving life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what didn't do mean you, to get too deep right No, there. you're Goodness. fine. You're fine. Um, we'll get into that. Uh, what do you do now professionally? So I work for a foundation. So mm-hmm. my job is to um, look for nonprofits who are especially specifically doing work in the anti-trafficking space and the interconnected issues. So yes. a lot of organizations in Dallas who are addressing affordable, ho- you know, housing crisis, homelessness, mm-hmm. you know, youth who are aging in the foster care system, mm-hmm. youth who are in the foster care system, um, people who can potentially be touched by the issue of sex trafficking is something that we've done research around and really trying to find organizations um, who are doing the work and who are on the ground who are actually doing the real work, which is hard to find because there's so many out there. It's so easy to create a nonprofit in a sense. There's a lack of oversight. Mm -hmm. And so, especially if you're going to make large investments or even in any investment at all, $25, you know, it's really important to know, hey, take the time, you know, research and do your own due diligence know where you're, basically know where your money is treat going. it as any like any investment you would make because sometimes if we have the best intentions with where we're sending our dollars which is really our when we're sending our dollars to a nonprofit, you're mm-hmm. sending your intentions yes the recipients don't necessarily have the same intentions as you even though they may say they do they don't have the same intentions mm-hmm. as you so guys the way i got Acquainted with Miss Hannah here is we, how do I put this? We got involved with a nonprofit that we were, we were both inspired by. Mm-hmm. We both are, have a love of yoga. We have a love of wellness and empowering people, especially in the Dallas-Fort Worth mm-hmm. area and those who do not have access to wellness. So we pretty much got involved with this organization through a, training mm-hmm. that was supposed to certify us as yoga instructors yes is that correct that is correct that is correct um we went through our training which was fine there were a few things that were alarming red flags but because we both had good intentions mm-hmm. we did not take those red flags wave them in the air and then you know throw them down on the floor yes we thought that everything was fine um, because gonna, we trust it. Because we trust it. Because we you trust 501c3 organizations. When the credentials are there, you trust it. And even um, we were told that it would be like a yoga alliance training. Mm-hmm. It was not a yoga alliance training. And that was important for me and her because we both wanted to su- pursue yoga instructing professionally mm-hmm. is that correct with you yeah and especially we wanted also to be <clears throat> trauma-informed trained mm-hmm. yoga so for me the reason why i especially wanted to go through this organization one i wanted to give money to an organization that was making wellness accessible like yeah. you said and mm-hmm. also to empower people and learn how to work with vulnerable populations and like really give back what the piece that yoga gave me is what i wanted to give to others yeah and that's why i chose that organization because at the time I truly believe that's what was happening within the organization. I kind of wanted to be an outward representation of that in some sense. And that's why you put, I believe what you put your money is where you put your mouth or where you put your actions. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to give to that versus 
a yoga studio, you know, who is all, you know, skinny white people and they expect you to do a handstand on your first try. You know, I just, I wanted something more real Mm -hmm. and natural and wanted to put support something that I actually truly believed in. Because that's, yoga teacher training is a substantial substantial investment. It is. It is a substantial investment. You don't just like pull it out of the and pay for it. No, no, no. You think about it. It's not even just $200. Like... No, we put some money down. <laughs> yeah, and you and you even did the same thing. Like you yeah. tried to find a stu- you know a studio, and did, nothing felt right. And we even talked about that in our training. It's like when I found this, I just was like, "This is exactly what I believe and stand for." This is it. But yeah. that's the beauty of nonprofits because they do kind of in our society fill that void in a way. They're like, "Oh, there's a, someone or an, an entity dedicated to yeah. helping people." And as humans, as good human beings, mm-hmm. we're drawn to that naturally. Yeah. So. So that's that's how we met. Yeah, that, that is exactly how we met, guys. Um, but we found out that it was not all it was supposed to be, and we as we thought it would be. Um, and I don't know how to say it. When we basically, I did the digging because I wanted my certification, mm-hmm. and I contacted Hannah, and she did her digging as well. And um, we did, we were left with still just misinformation. And I don't want to say lies, but untruths, which is essentially a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like even even for me, talking about it is very heartbreaking just because this organization is supposed to help people of in the black community, mostly in the brown community, mostly and those who just are not represented well. And. When I think about it, I feel that there is like an overall betrayal going Mm. on because not only did we find out that um, we weren't getting certified through Yoga Alliance because our program was not certified through Yoga Alliance, um, we also found out that the 501c3 classification was gone. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? That's correct. And the reason why I wanted to bring Hannah on is because she has experience dealing with organizations that are classified as nonprofits or not classified as nonprofits mm-hmm. and they for lack of a better word are pretty exploitive mm-hmm. to those that they serve. Mm. And I think that, you know, on this podcast we talk a lot about staying woke and staying aware. And I think that some people become apathetic when they hear mm. stories like ours. Yes. You know, they hear stories like ours where they say, okay, this nonprofit did this, mm-hmm. this nonprofit did that. Apparently, there's a hashtag Me Too nonprofit scandal <laughs> going on in Silicon Valley. Mm. I didn't know about it. Oh, yeah, not <laughs> surprised. There's but yeah. <laughs> also a World's AIDS Day uh, scam going on as well. And it's just like all these things are just... They make it hard yes, for people to even want to get involved. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you agree with 100%. that? A hundred percent. I mean, you look at the big players, Goodwill. I mean, the big Salvation Army scandal right mm-hmm. now. It, What's the Salvation Army scandal? It's centered around not believing that LGBTQ people should be married or mm. even, you know, should be living essentially yeah, that's, pretty much. that's harsh but yeah living an, yeah, yeah anti-lgbtq yeah um especially when they serve the homeless population mm-hmm. i believe that you know they're just not as welcoming and friendly and maybe some salvation armies have turned some people away i'm not 100 percent on the fact but wow. there's been accusations mm-hmm. and so but again that gives people i mean 100 percent reason to mistrust 
nonprofits, especially there's some big players that have done a lot of bad things. But I just want to say and put it out there, like I as a person who has seen the bad, there's so much there's good. still good. And mm-hmm. there's so many worthy organizations who are scraping by on pennies to actually do the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just happy to be on here to kind of share, like, and talk through, like, what are some ways, how do we know? Yeah. You know, what are some things to look for? So how do, how would one look for those things? So first off, I think some of the biggest giving is happening on Facebook actually right now. Really? Um, so you see, I don't know if you've seen your friends like donate for my birthday, donate Mm -hmm. $200, donate to this organization. Um, and I think that's great. It gives people like you just one button, you give, you know, $20 and you're, you kind of like give a birthday gift to your friend. It's brilliant. It's great. Charity water. Um, an organization was kind of the big one to first start that kind of like this peer to peer giving. So I think a lot of charity water, charity water. So they build wells, um, overseas in like Mm -hmm. Africa um, and a couple other um, places that have lacked to um, clean water and so they actually do like GPS tracking on their water well so again a a, a non-profit that's all about transparency Mm -hmm. and 100% of your donation actually goes to like maintaining those water wells and they fundraise separately um, to give their employees like their overhead costs so whatever you can designate your donation and so they you know release impact reports like you can GPS track things like they have live videos on most of their wells so talk about something with transparency that's very transparent very transparent Parents. So yeah. they're kind of like, in my opinion, like taught, especially for a larger, I mean, they might get millions of donations, but again, they're so open and honest. And, um, Scott Harrison wrote a, you know, a book about, they've been a nonprofit for 10 years and talking about there were moments in his time where he wasn't going to make enough donations or mm. there was, you know, something like one, something happened with the well that wasn't fully working. And they had a, instead of telling their donors, Oh, everything's great. They actually came with their donors and like, actually we're short a hundred grand. Like if you could help us, like this is what happened and just like was open about their failures. Mm-hmm. But because of that, people are still donating them because, okay, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. And I think that's one thing, especially social media with nonprofits, like you just hear the highlights like, Oh, you know, especially in the anti-trafficking movement we rescued a girl last night like you just get so like wrapped up in it Mm -hmm. um but you don't know what's behind the scenes like hey like we lost five girls in our program because you know for xyz they went back to their pimp or you know where we weren't able to pick them up how powerful is the cox network so powerful that one day the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Because we have a lack of transportation. Those stories... One, don't get necessarily donations, so a lot of nonprofits are not telling those stories. But just mm-hmm. trying to be more transparent as a nonprofit is something to look for. But anyway, going back to donations, I think going back mm-hmm. to my original point on Facebook, individuals have the most giving power in the United States. Really? More individuals give than actually people in, like, foundations. Yeah. And, like, you know... I saw that on um, Hassan Minaj's. Yes, exactly. He talked the, about yeah. that. <laughs> the big philanthropy that. of the world. Yes. Yeah, like, you know, Bill and Linda Gates Foundation, and all, all, which is great. They have the big giving, but the power is in, in the individual, especially like those grassroots community organizations. Mm-hmm. So, again, going back to not being discouraged, 
we need more people, the everyday person to understand that, hey, you need to do the more due diligence on the organization. Well, how, how else would someone do due diligence other than seeking out transparency, you know? Yeah, so going back to another point on Facebook I forgot to mention. So Facebook has partnered mm-hmm. with um, GuideStar, which is kind of like a nonprofit tool that you can go and pull like all their um, public information. Okay. So you can go to the, or, you know, the, the website, type in... XYZ organization and pull up all their government forms that they're supposed to turn in. Really? Yes. And so Facebook now is connected to that. And so you cannot now do a fundraiser on Facebook if you're not certified through GuideStar. But through GuideStar now. Wow. So I've gone back to some organizations I've donated to in the past and have seen this hey, red flag. Um, you're no longer able to donate to this organization. The donation you already gave will be made, but you are no longer allowed to do that. And so another thing to look for is making sure that you're not donating to an individual on Facebook. So you can do both an organization donation, but also you can donate to individuals who have maybe medical... It's almost like a GoFundMe. Yeah, like Go... Did you say? What did you say? Go find me. I thought you said go fuck me. Oh, oh, oh goodness, no. Okay, no, I'm like, no, wait, no. what? Okay, sorry. No, but be careful. So there's not as much, I don't think, like oversight on donating to mm-hmm. individuals. But mm-hmm. now Facebook will make sure that your organization's up to date with all like the legal, especially turning in your 990 forms, which is something that's mm. legally required by nonprofits to turn into the government every year and they're public right they're pub that's they're public, public record you can public go record. you should be able to go pool okay records on your nonprofit. should be why you should, should be some people don't so there's a three-year grace period in the irs so what there there is a three-year grace period so you cannot turn in your 990s for three years but you can still have your classification as a nonprofit. But until the third year laps and you haven't turned anything, that's when there's the automatic removal. Oh. So you can have a status as a 501c3 and not do any of the legal background work. For three years. For three years. And when you- At, <clears throat> if, you, if you're on the automatic. So there's some people, like, you can report to the IRS if a nonprofit is mishandling money, and then they mm-hmm. probably will start an investigation. But if there's no red flags, there's nothing that people have reported, then you can essentially just put it on auto renew until like the three-year period marks and then they automatically revoke your status if nothing has been turned into them so with the nine you said it's a 990 correct Mm -hmm. yeah that's the tax form when they reach their three years Mm -hmm. do they have to um do they have to show back reporting or is it does it just have to be most recent so what um, so sorry can you repeat the question do they have to show back reporting at their three years? Like, if they does have, it have to be three years, like yes. every year. So it has to be, you have to, every year you have to turn that document. So if you don't show that you've done it or you haven't filed an extension. And what's on the 990? It, so how much everybody's getting paid, mm-hmm. what their marketing budget, what their development budget, like pretty much is like financial 101. Okay. The mission statement of the organization, the intent of the money, how much money was raised, where it went. So it's kind of like a full detailed report of donations because the public you're giving to a public organization you should be able to see what your money is going to Mm. so that's the main basis of the 990 just kind of it's also just a form the government wants every it's almost like doing your property taxes Mm -hmm. or your income taxes is something that you just have to file make sure everyone's up to date the government knows what you're using that money for yeah um but no if so once you're off the automatic renewal i don't know what happens like you either have to turn in your 990s or do Mm -hmm. something i'm not sure what happens but i know that 
after three years, if you've not turned in your documentation, then they just take they take you off and they post like, hey, they got this um, automatic renewal or automatic revocation of their status on May twenty fifth, and then this was posted on this date. They've been notified about Mm. this, so they it it timestamps things for you. Um, But you should be able to see at least. So I think the most recent 990 I can pull on organization is from 2017. Okay. And I think 28. So they're like there's almost like a delay of posting. Of posting, yeah. But you should be able to pull something within the, the past three years if they've turned something in. Oh, Sorry, that was a long rant. No, no. <laughs> no, you're fine. You did. That was fantastic. So how else will someone do their due diligence? I th- and so this is a personal opinion mm-hmm. of mine. Um, do you think it's common sense? It just depends on what you want from an organization. So I think for me, I mm-hmm. want to see an organization of being about the work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I think if it's too much about the founder, you almost get that kind of founder syndrome. Mm-hmm. Like, look at me. What's founder syndrome? So when an organization is just all about the person who started it, so yeah. they are all. It's all about them. It's they're on the marketing material. They're the kind of the ones that are driving. Primarily the organization. So basically, and their if the organization has a face as a person versus people, which is not bad, but mm-hmm. if that face is too prominent, in my opinion. So if it's all about who, why they're, they're winning these awards, I mean, mm-hmm. it's great that they're doing the work, but is it about the work that they're doing or is it about that person themselves, if that makes sense? So I much rather the organization talk about the work they're doing with, especially, okay, going back to trafficking, that's what I do all, you know, yeah, every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, it's no, like, you're fine. We are talking about lives being transformed, like our programming, what are the successes of our clients, not, mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm not saying we can't talk about the founders, but it's if their Instagram feed is just this one person all the time about their lives and just like how great they are, but what, then they're not showcasing or mm-hmm. showing in a respectful way what the work they're doing. I think mm-hmm. that's a sign of like the founders what is the intent of the founder? Is it just to kind of give themselves a personal platform to kind of get recognition? Or is it really about actually transforming people's lives? Um, I don't know. I think there's a balance. I don't think it can't be none about that person. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, there needs to be a balance. Now, um, when we went to, what was the brunch that we went to? New Life, New Hope? Uh, new Friends, New Life. New yeah. Friends, New Life. Um, there was a celebrity guest there, and I'm not going to say the name. Do you think that that wasn't do you think that that event took away from the organization's work or because one thing i did notice about the celebrity that was there she did not show her face during the interview yes. and i actually think that was actually intentional for her really okay i think that she did that intentionally because she did not want to take away from what was being said during her discussion. i've never thought about that way you know That's, yeah at first i thought it was like okay she didn't do it because the people who did the meet and greet play paid a lot of money to see her in person mm-hmm. but then i thought about it and i like because i do listen i do watch the, t- the table talk i watch red yeah. table talk. i know i do it's good it's good yes but i think that she intentionally did not show her face Mm. because when she first came out people were just taking pictures yeah true but then after a while they just had to like watch and listen because what else were they going to do you know Mm. that's a good point i think i have mixed emotions on luncheons i think celebrity guests bring people in Mm -hmm. and i think like what she said and there's been several luncheons i've been to that 
especially there's one um, Terry Crews did with Genesis Women's mm-hmm. Shelter, and mm-hmm. the, the male perspective on watching his mom suffer through domestic violence and abuse himself. I mean, there were thousands of people in the room, and it was silent. Mm-hmm. Like, so there are those powerful moments. Um, but sometimes it does. But I think a lot of people, when you come in, especially if you're talking about it, a heavy issue, it's like you don't always want to talk about the bad in the world mm-hmm. and, like, the, the heaviness of the issue. You want to be inspired. You want to feel hopeful. Um, so, yes and no. It just it shine, it shines a different light on the issue, and it kind of puts more of a positive spin on it. But it gets people in the door. It, it gets It gets yeah. donate. I mean, it it's the, a money It gets maker. donations in the door yes. as well. And yeah. so, in, in that aspect... Do I wish a celebrity had to do it? No. I wish mm-hmm. we could uplift more, you know, local heroes and still have the same turnout. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you understand the necessity. Oh, 100%. 100%. You can't be totally anti it. But I, I see its purpose. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. I think it's changing. I think millennials especially are wanting something a little bit different, more hands-on. Yeah. Um, I think we're we're different. Like, we see beyond the celebrity. Like, we yeah. see beyond that. Yeah. So... We'll see. I'm, I'm curious to see how philanthropy and, like, donations will change and evolve events like that. How do you so, think they might change? I think, again, I think individuals will realize, like, how much more power they have with their donations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, I think, I don't know. I think that the more that the average person is giving and being more involved, and I think that's what millennials do, that we see a cause and mm-hmm. we kind of latch on to it and we kind of educate our friends. I think we're just more cause-based, or maybe I'm just naturally that way yeah. in my friends and my peers because I just attract that, I guess. Like, all my friends talk about that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something that our our generation wants to get to the root of things as well. I think we're, one, I think social media give, is given such a great platform to people to really talk about, hey, like... Why do we have sex trafficking? Mm-hmm. Like, why why is homelessness an issue? Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, we're actually tapping in. People are really saying now, like, yeah, there's a systematic things have been ingrained and purposely done to have these things happen to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, you know, I think people are not having the boldness and the platforms to say things. So I think it gets more um, personal. And I think it's been yeah. trending that way. I think that's why there's so many organizations now because you can kind of find something that's your niche. That is your niche. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of, um, do you remember Invisible Children? Yes. It's I, see, the, those big campaigns like that. I yeah, was the, very involved. I, I went to their march in Chicago. Really? I was in the rain. Wow. Yeah, with a trash bag on, like screaming. I was young. But hey, but I was young, but I, my heart was. It you know? matters. I think I, that's why I get excited about our generation, mm-hmm. millennials. People, there's a bad rap around us. But yeah, I hate that there's such a bad rap around us. But I'm like, I think we're a peculiar group, and yes. I think we're very interesting. We're different. very interesting to yes. say. So anyway, yeah. So I would just make sure that. You, the nonprofit you're donating to, you mm-hmm. know, just because your friend posts a, you know, a fundraiser doesn't mm-hmm. mean like they did the work. They did the work. You have yeah. to under, and I think that's one thing we have to understand. Like, even if the Bill, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation donates to something, doesn't mean that it's still 100% credible that you should just blindly trust. Do you that think as that's well. a credible foundation? I definitely think it is, but just because. Mm-hmm. They have this credibility doesn't mean they're 100% bulletproof. Mm-hmm. There's been several organizations 
that they've donated to that have not turned up to be the best. But again, but that's kind of when you're donating to a newer organization, you have to keep in mind that there is some kind of risk yeah. in donating to newer organizations. So you kind of have to understand that when you're giving. So what's new? Like what is a good like age of an organization to say that it's reputable? Like I don't I don't know. I, I hate to, like, put an age on it because I do believe... But how would... Like, what would you... Because me, I would look at, like, okay, 10 years. Oh, yeah. That's how I would look at it. Yeah, if they're like, still financially sound and have staff and treat their... And their staff are paid well. Mm-hmm. Um, and their 501c3 status has yeah, never been revoked They've never been years. revoked. They've, you know, turned yeah. everything or followed... You know, turned everything in a relatively time mm-hmm. manner. They have good proportions on their giving. Like, they do pay their I'm not saying don't pay your nonprofit employees but mm-hmm. you know they do pay their employees but they also m- most of their donations is going back to the actual programming a hundred percent but if I mean if that's something you're passionate about if some if your friend is starting a nonprofit um and you want to donate I mean you just have to understand like it might not take off and they still you know they're not getting as many donations powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. The Coca-Cola Company, Cure Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo are bringing consumers more choices with less sugar than ever before. In fact, nearly 60% of beverages sold contain zero sugar. Visit balanceus.org to learn more. So I think three years for me is like a comfortable mark to actually start like donating monthly Mm. to someone. Like I'm kind of definitely the emotional giver where, you know, I see something, I'm like, okay, that's my passion. That's like in my realm of giving. Like, are we all emotional givers though? Oh, some people are not. But I'm yes. an emotional yes, giver. I'm like, an emotional I will. giver. Yeah. Um. So I do have those moments. Where I'm like, oh yeah, here. But like, if I'm joining, um, like a monthly giving program, like mm-hmm. I definitely want to see that one. Also, that the community is around the organization the Mm -hmm. people that they serve or actually support like they are an advocate for the organization i think it's also key to look for really i think so like i think if you're like the people you serve Mm -hmm. are passionate about it and they want to represent you but sometimes i think that you can't look at the people they serve Hmm. you know what i mean like does that make sense can you, can you explain a little bit? Like, I think that sometimes there's an enamoration that happens. Mm. So even if those people are being served, they just have an enamoration. They don't necessarily have um, a third eye mm. of looking at things logically. That, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So it really just boils down to doing the background work and yeah. using common common sense like mm-hmm. okay trust your gut trust your gut and even mm-hmm. if you your gut says to go for it trust dig a little deeper you yeah. know what i mean like um 
what is it, Sarah McLaughlin? What what organization is oh, that? Oh, the SPCA. Have have they had scandals or? I feel like they have. I'm sure they've had. I'm sure they've had <laughs> um, something. But something. it's just like, I feel like the way that they prey on our emotions too mm. heavy. The way they prey on our emotions makes me feel like okay, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Exactly. Because you can look at those dogs and oh, see in the them. song and your yeah, like oh and, god, oh, and the, and it's like three a.m. in the middle of the night and the, you're they just in a you. dark room and beat up dogs on the screen. Mm-hmm. Like what? Are, what else are you gonna do? Right. Sit there and like you're that, a bad person. You know what I'm saying? It's just. But be and so be watchful on social because I think now social media is the new commercial. I think so too. And. Yeah, you make a good point about the people because yes, there are some people who it's almost like a cult. Like they're just so in it mm-hmm. that they're all, so yes. I see what you yeah. So. Even like when um, why is the name of the cathedral slipping me? Paris. Oh, Notre Dame. Why did I forget? Why did I forget that? Mm. History. Um, everyone was so quick to donate to that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we were so quick to donate to that, and I think that. It was an emotional reaction. Oh, yes. It was such an emotional reaction because... So many people. Because we've had so many attachments and, like, mm-hmm. everything you know about Notre Dame. And it's just, like, we all just jumped on that mm-hmm. to donate. Yeah. And I wish we hadn't, you know? No. I donated a little bit. But I think that after all of it was said and done, then the guilt came. Mm. because everybody was like how dare you guys donate to this when flint doesn't have water and, yes and it's just like god i still feel bad about that you know what i mean but yeah think about that because you, what you could have given to someone you could have given to someone else and i think that's like my biggest mm-hmm. downfall and especially mm-hmm. when i donate now i think about like i want to make sure money is going into people who are actually doing the work yeah um, and not just because I'm emotionally like, oh, it looks great. Like, we, I saw it and everything was great. But it's just like, no, they have to be good stewards. I think that the, it boils down to being good stewards of people's money mm-hmm. and being honest and transparent. Um, and if you need help, raise your hand. I think that as nonprofits, we get so scared. Really? Why? Because it's, com- it's com- competition. So if you know, especially like if you think about in the business world, if you know Papa John's is losing to Domino's. Mm-hmm. That you might, people might be scared to like reinvest or you know whatever. But if you raise your hand, it's like, hey, if I if I have like true supporters out there, I need help. You know, there's people who are willing to help. I just think you need to raise your hand and be honest. You might, you might not share that with everybody. Why do Why do you think that people in nonprofits don't ask for help? Because they don't want to be seen as they don't know what the right answers or they're like people are scared to invest in them if they're mm-hmm. not doing something right or they're mm-hmm. struggling with something. Mm-hmm. And they might go to a competitor or donate to another nonprofit that's showing them this aspect, mm-hmm. all the, the glitter and gold and everything. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. It's very, I know I'm looking at you like it doesn't yeah, make sense. It's, it's very competitive. It it's a very competitive world. And no one, it's very competitive because there's only so many donations. And so you mm. kind of just have to always, that's why there's luncheons. That's why there's things. You have to put your best foot forward. Do you forward. think that it's like nonprofits feels like, they feel like there's only so much money to go around? I think so. There is. I think there's that sense of urgency. Mm. I really do think so, especially with grants and individual donors. And mm. um, I think people also, just with the social media age, email, they're just getting bombarded from so many 
different directions and so it's so hard to catch people's attention now Mm -hmm. so I think there is a sense of urgency of trying to get people to donate trying to get people's attention um but yeah it's also scary to say like hey like we need someone on our advisory board to help with accounting or like if you know someone who can help us with this like Mm -hmm. or I don't know I just think raising your hand and not and people as donors need to look and see like hey that's not a bad thing necessarily like they're being open and honest about their their struggles but anyway I feel like we're rambling <laughs> no we actually aren't rambling at all don't good feel like it we're, we're doing I hope this is fun. useful information this is all there's useful just there's some things that people will never get into the weeds of but if you if you want to look you'll you'll find things so okay so what's since you feel like we're rambling <laughs> I don't feel like oh, we're from rambling. not I'm I okay. just feel like I'm just talking so much but I do like to talk so three ways to look and when you're so okay I'll back it up back it up yes you have you're passionate about a cause mm-hmm. you as in like you're not Hannah you're just like whoever yeah Joe nobody mm-hmm. and you want to donate to this cause there's an organization that directly helps with this cause mm-hmm. now with your knowledge as Joe nobody who mm-hmm. has talked to Hannah okay <laughs> um what would Joe nobody do to make sure that the money is going where it needs to go? Perfect. Go to their website first. Yes. I think nonprofits have done a really great job of updating their website Mm -hmm. and putting as much information out there as possible or should have or should be doing. Um, So I would look and I would see what do they offer? Mm -hmm. Um, Do they have any like educational events coming up? My, another suggestion, if you have the time, if you're really, really invested in the issue and the organization, I would go into a volunteer orientation Mm -hmm. just to see how they treat their volunteers. I've done that several times before Mm -hmm. I donate to an organization. Like how do they, how do they introduce people to the cause, their organization? Like what are the opportunities? Um, Just kind of like, I'm curious about the general overview Mm -hmm. and then, Whatever, but if they don't like it, they have videos, watch their videos, and see it also. There isn't a thing in additional that nonprofits are doing is an impact report. That's something independent that they put together, it's not a government tax thing, um, but it kind of shows like mm-hmm. kind of breaks down what they did over the years. So you can pull most 2018. Mm-hmm. So they've served 25 women coming mm-hmm. from trafficking, or they've served 10 mil. You know, they, they kind of break down their numbers and what the money that they gave went to. And sometimes they'll tell you how much they raise and how much they spend, all that. That just kind of depends on the organization. But I think looking for that information. Um, also going to, if they have their 990s on their web, you should be able to find this on their website, but if not, if they don't have a 990 available, that would be my second and probably final is go to Candid, go to GuideStar, go to the IRS website. You can type in the name of the organization. You can pull their EIN number, which is like their tax ID number. You just put it in a search bar and you should type in 990, whatever organization, and Mm -hmm. that should pull up. And if they have it. I would look through it, just see, like, hey, like, what do they spend their money on? Like, what Mm -hmm. are they filing, you know, under there? And, like, who – how much are they spending on fundraising? How much are they spending on programs? How much are they spending on their employees? Mm -hmm. If something – if how much their employees getting paid is important to you, I would see, like, how much they're actually investing in that area. Um, So it would be that – kind of my three actions, website, dig into the website, too, and then their 990 would be the best three actions that I would do. Just but to see via what GuideStar, IRS website, and what was the third one? Charity Navigator. Charity or you Navigator. can just type in a Google search, 990, and it, it'll take you to whatever. So. Okay. okay. 
You guys got that? <laughs> you better. Huh? You better. Yeah. You better. I hope you got that. Um, stay woke about nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Trust your gut. Trust your gut. But don't um, get mad if you see the... I think what we come is the red flags. I yeah. think we... I, but that's, again, that's human if, instinct. We yeah. want to think the good of everybody. And if you see a red flag, follow through on that flag. Pull it out the ground, wave it around, mm-hmm. throw it on the ground, do whatever you have to do with that red flag. Um, tell your friends, too. And tell your friends. And don't feel guilty about telling your friends, either. No. Not we need to hold, hold each other accountable. We mm-hmm. need to make sure that the right people are supported and doing good. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else? I just want to say, like, this probably was maybe a little negative and maybe, like, Yeah, very... that's what I was thinking, too. But I did, so I do I want... don't want anyone to give, no. like, don't give up hope in nonprofits. No, then it's that's not a disclaimer. All... Yes, it's yes, not all bad. Please, it's not all bad. There's there more are... people doing good than bad, but there are those bad apples that yes. are, do kind of ruin it What are some, okay, what, since, since I don't want to leave on a dark tip. We're not, yeah. We're not leaving that way. Um, because this will be my last podcast of the decade. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. No pressure. Okay. <laughs> Which is good. We're, we're saying goodbye to some things in 2019. Hello. Yes, 2020. Yeah, hello, Positive 2020. Yes. Um, so, oh my God. Nate, tell me your favorite nonprofit. Your favorite one. My ones. favorite ones. Yes. Um, oh, I have a lot. Um, Again, because I am so I'm very I'm an optimistic person. Yes. I hope that I probably did not convey that. As, yes, you know, but it's just information. It's guys. just information. And and I, I want you to remember, like I don't. This is these are difficult conversations mm-hmm. that we I guess you can say stay woke about, but we're just having the conversation. Yeah, we shouldn't be afraid of being inf- informed. You They're know exactly. I know it's depressing that you realize, like... Yeah, it's tough to digest, Yeah, but it's still food, you It's know? still food, it's yeah. It's still food. Take, and, take it, and take all I said with whatever whatever resonates with you. Yes. It, you just, this is information. Yes, it whatever. is. But my, my couple of my favorites, one in the Dallas area, Bonton Farms. Mm. Um, great food. Great food, <laughs> one. Um, but in, in how I define that they're doing the real work is they're getting at the root causes mm-hmm. of... Mm-hmm. The issues in their community, and they're addressing the community holistically. They're not just coming in and saying we're going to solve the homeless issue in this community, and that's it. They're looking around and saying, like, how do we actually uplift people out of poverty? Yeah, and it's it's a lot of things, and I just think they address that really well. And they're trying to give resources and actual opportunity to people in their neighborhood, um, and they are really looking for like future forward like they're very forward focusing and they're not just focusing on the individual but the family in general what do they do so they do a couple different things so they are addressing the affordable housing crisis in dallas so Mm -hmm. they are building homes for about Mm hundred fifty thousand dollars, and they're actually doing the vetting on the family so there's a home in the front and there's actually two apartment units in the back that people from the community who can actually rent from the homeowners but the homeowner, so it helps subsidize the mortgage, and so the family can actually pay the house off quicker because they have the subsidized rent from people who um, can actually, or who are coming out of incarceration, who actually can wow. afford it. So it's actually it's affordable rent oh to the my. person. So they charge three hundred dollars per unit, mm. and so you can get on your feet. You can you know get whatever fines you have paid off because they say the average person in their community coming out of prison has about forty thousand um, dollars. In fines and fees from 
the the judicial system in wow. Dallas. So how, so how do you suppose how do you get back on your feet when one you can't find affordable rent if you're yeah. paying? I think the average rent price is twelve hundred dollars in Dallas. Yeah, that's and about everything right. new that's being built is like luxury apartments, mm-hmm. and so there's nothing like actually people that can actually obtain it who are getting paid seven twenty five to nine dollars mm-hmm. an hour. Um, so they're addressing that gap, um, and they're also addressing kind of like the food swamp food desert like there's just not I think Dallas County put like a bounty out to give like a substantial amount of money to a grocery store who would come to their neighborhood and no one has even no for-profit company has taken that like subsidy to go into that community so they built a market they built an urban farm to teach people how to use vegetables but they also have like you know sugar and Mm -hmm. rice and so it's just kind of because it, if you go to that community, there's mainly drugstores. Yeah. And so you're getting, you know, hot dogs and you're not getting the best food. But it's like, junk how do you... Food, junk food, much, exactly. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of like the food swamp. Like, you can get mm-hmm. food, but it's not great for you. Mm-hmm. They're addressing that. They, um, Dallas closed some of the, like, the only elementary school in that area. And so they're having to bus kids out of their neighborhood to, like, highly, like, congested schools. And so they're actually building a pri- – they have to build a private school because Dallas County won't reopen the school. So they're addressing the education kind of crisis that they're having. Wow. So this community has been plagued by so much. And yeah. so in um, one of my favorites is they're doing, like, a community bank. And so – mobility in Dallas is so difficult because it's extremely difficult. Dart I mean I love Dart but it has its faults and mm-hmm. we're not expanding it and so our you know our solution as a city is cars but how do you get a car with someone who doesn't have the great a great credit because they just got an incarceration because mm-hmm. they've been bogged down with debt mm-hmm. they have to go to those predatory lenders or like car you know lots that give you like 25% interest mm-hmm. and how that is just crazy that it those are insane. legal. They should not be legal. No, no, you're yeah. preying on the most vulnerable people. That it just it just blows my mind. So they are actually giving like f- like fair loans out to people, even like five hundred, like you know those payday advance loans. Yeah. Who like I am fortunate because I have privilege that I can just go to my credit card and charge five hundred dollars on my credit mm-hmm. card because the bank trusts that I have that amount and I will pay that back. Most yeah. people don't have that luxury. So they go to a payday loan, but they're also having to pay 27% mm-hmm. interest or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of stopping that and saying like, hey, if you need a loan, we'll give you a reasonable rate that everybody else is getting, you know, people wow. not in poverty. So they're just kind of addressing those issues. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the nonprofit, in my opinion, should try to work themselves out of business. Like, you should establish these things in your community, and they mm-hmm. should be sustainable, and you shouldn't need a nonprofit. It should just be driven, driven by the community, because if that, if there's that need, it should be sustainable. So mm-hmm. they're trying to work themselves out of a job. Like, the CEO talks about, he's like, I don't want this nonprofit to exist in 10 years, because I just want it to flourish, and we have these things in our community. And the issues are addressed. The yeah. issues are addressed. Yeah. We are getting everything that people should have already had in the first place. And wow. what we just have to start that ourselves and create that because nobody else is coming mm. to rescue us. The city's not coming. Other nonprofits are not coming. So we just had to build this ourselves. And so it's community-driven. Wow. Um, it really, I, I truly believe. So, I mean, it is a white guy who kind of initiated it and mm-hmm. just kind of helped, but he had all the resources to do so. But now he... They have community meetings. They talk about what is needed. It's not driven by this white man. It's mm-hmm. actually coming together in a circle and saying, like, the actual I, community. I, yeah, it's actual yeah. community. So I wow. think in Dallas, 
they are doing some real, real good work. I didn't know Bon Ton Farms had all that going on. And it's a new, and what, it's funny, it's a newer organization. And again, mm. they started with the food desert, but realizing that people are not just missing work because they're, you know, not eating well. It's because they don't have access to, you know, they, they just unpack so much. With There's wrong, so much. And they're going to keep on adding initiatives, yeah. I'm sure, because the layers of the issues that our country faces, mm-hmm. it's just on the outside, it's not all that it appears. And so I think they're really getting to the root causes and really addressing it and, and they're having success. They they they're more and open about their kind of failures and where they've had to pivot. But because they're doing something that nobody else has done, like they kind of have to, you know, they do share those things because it's like this is new territory. Wow. So, okay. I'm gonna say that's gonna be my one because okay. that's a long, that's a lot. That's a yeah, lot. Yeah, but they're yeah. doing some good stuff and they are just really good people and have you know the heart to heart to serve. So, and I've went and I've gone to events there. I've visited. You know, I think, again, if, if an organization can be open, you know, there's some, like, you can't just walk into a domestic violence shelter and see what's happening. Yeah. But, you know, if you can kind of experience it, you know, I think it's also yeah. good for you as a, as a donor or anybody who's just interested in causes. So. Wow. That's my favorite. Okay. Well. So there are good ones out there. There are very good ones out just there. Just make sure you find them. Find them. Get to know them. Support them. Support them. Because your donation matters. Yeah. What about um the food truck? The one at your job. Oh, Ruthie. Yes. Yeah. So yes. actually, Ruthie. Oh my gosh, Ruthie. Did yes. You forget? <laughs> okay. I, well, there's so I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Um. So Ruthie's is actually, and I love this story because this also proves like how for-profit companies can really come alongside mm-hmm. and be innovative in their own ways and also be impactful on the community. Yeah. Um. It, I really think business is the future of how we are going to create change in our world. Mm-hmm. So it's like how they employ people, where they source things from, everything. I yeah. think business has a lot of power to has drive change. Yeah. Um, so Ruthie's inspires me. Again, it's not a 501c3, but they've decided to partner with... I didn't know that. Nope, they're yeah. a for-profit company. Okay. Yeah, not a 501c3, but they've actually partnered with a 501c3 called Cafe Momentum. Mm. And so... If you don't know, Kathy Momentum is started by um, Chad Hauser, and they offer a 12-month internship program to youth who are coming out of the juvenile detention system. Mm. They believe that just because, you know, most of the kids have taken care of themselves since they were 12, 14, you know, they just had a, just a rough, I don't know how else to say it, just like a rough life and yeah. a hard hand to deal with. And so mm-hmm. it is very, you, you don't realize how easy it is to go to jail. Like if you're not, yeah, you know, if you if you're of privilege, you don't necessarily. You're like, oh, well, they're just bad people, and it's mm-hmm. just like, no, they just didn't have opportunity like some people have, and yeah. so realizing where there's a lack of opportunity, there's you know, there's times where. Are you talking about the school to prison pop? Pipeline? Yes, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. which exists in many many areas mm-hmm. in our country, um, and so I just don't speak on it because I did not go to one of the schools mm-hmm. that had that. I've my my pipeline has always been for success mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, I'm not saying I have my, didn't have my hardships, but yeah, I'm a white person, so there's things and luxuries that I just automatically have been given. I um, feel like I, I escaped it when my parents moved to the suburbs. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, but if you are in an inner, if you're in the city of Dallas, it, it is hard. 
Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these children have been in, you know, jail and have not finished high school or have, you know, had job experience. But they give, they teach, he teaches them every aspect about the restaurant. They do the mm-hmm. line cooking, they do the hosting, they serve, but they're also getting, um, holistic services so they actually have an on-site school now Mm. they teach them like how they have case managers to help them through their cases but also just how to Mm -hmm. just regulate yourself like just holistic like just how to be calm and things that you just don't think that people necessarily know but anyway there's a 12 month internship program but realizing that 12 months is not enough for people to unpack all their trauma especially like a lot of these kids who've been in the foster care system or been abused or don't have a home Mm -hmm. again there's a lot a lot of the kids are like couch surfing because they don't have a family that can host them or they don't have the money to pay for for rent for themselves so Mm -hmm. they're very much relying on um just whatever the night you know i mean it's just Anyway, so 12 months sometimes is not enough time. And so what Ruthie's has done is realizing, hey, like, we have trained all of our staff to be trauma-informed. Mm. We realize, like, this is a, an extension of Cafe Momentum. It's still in the food service industry. Mm. You know, we pay a living wage. Mm. Um, so it's a good stepping stone. So we're still con- – so they're still connected to Cafe Momentum. Like, if they work at Ruthie, they're, they're still able to get their case management and everything done. And they're in a trauma-formed space. So, like, just say if you had a bad day and there's something wrong, if you just let the manager know, like, hey, like, this is what's happening or whatever their understanding is. Like, we understand, like, you need to take the day off or you need to step out for a moment to get your breath. Like, very understanding work mm-hmm. environment, which these kids need to succeed because they're still learning – everything so just kind of they're partnering with them to give them still that kind of like the graduate program of like they're still connected to cafe but they also kind of have their own job and their own thing and they're growing mm-hmm. um but again it's a for-profit company that just decided hey Let's do we want to serve this community yeah. we have we have we can employ these young people might mm-hmm. as well like step up and just do the, again just do the additional just like little extra things of being trauma informed, yeah. being understanding, learning about the issue, learning about where these kids come from in their community, and understanding meeting people where they're at. Mm-hmm. And I think for profit businesses, there's such an opportunity to do that. And I love, I just admire um, Ruthie's for doing that in the heart of the founder to do that. So that's beautiful. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a yeah. lot of good things in Dallas. There is a lot. Yeah, so I've much good. A lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of innovation and just so just yeah, make sure the money is going to people like that who are showing results and open and honest and transparent and want the best for the people that they serve yes. and have their best interest, not yes. their interest of what's needed for that community. Yes. Okay. Bam. She's. She just. She just. Uh, what do you call it? Crack the whip. Crack the whip. She cracked the whip. Okay. <laughs> but thank you for having no me. No problem. Thank you so much for being on the show. I do appreciate it. I hope I did not drain too much. No, not okay, at all. I feel good. energized. We're about okay. to go have a Beyond Burger. Yeah, we're having Beyond My husband's burgers. cooking on the grill. We're ha- yeah. So millennial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was. <laughs> and I'm drinking tea right now. So. <laughs> With my iPad in my hand. Yeah. yeah. Oh Hannah God. gifted me some sauce that she made herself. We're millennials. And that's we are okay. Millennials. I love it. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I'm going to enter all the information that Hannah shared with me into the show notes. So look for all of that. If you have any questions um, or anything like that, just hit me up. If she wants to share her contact information. Yeah, I'm more than happy to. So what's your Instagram? Um, Hannah McGrab. Okay. Yeah. Could you spell that? Oh my goodness. 
H A N N A H M C R A B. Oh, excuse me. I'm just so slow excited to give you the information. Please. <laughs> Hannah H A N N A H Mick M C Rab R A B. Okay. Is my Instagram handle. That is her Instagram. Yeah. Where else could they find you? Or is that it? That's pretty much it. Okay. I'm low key. <laughs> she is very low key. Very, very low key, but she does great things. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys. Talk to you later. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. This was the last episode that I recorded in the past decade. I really enjoyed it. And I honestly, it was also the longest episode so far. I hope that you guys take some of the lessons and the gems that we shared during this episode and apply it towards your own practice in giving. I know that towards the end of the year, we are all in the spirit of giving, which is a beautiful thing. But I think it is important to send your money, which I call your intentions, send your intentions with wisdom. And that means doing doing your due diligence, you know, making sure that your money is going to make the change that you want it to make. And when you're doing that, you really can't go wrong. Don't give up hope on nonprofits. Just be more accountable for yourself as a giver. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I know I can't say thank you enough. Um, if you want to reach out to Hannah, ask her any questions or look into what she does in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, follow her at Hannah McRab on Instagram. And also you can find me, as you know, on all social media platforms at Tea for the Queen. Or you can go to the website, tforthequeen.com, to read some of the blogs that I post. Thank you guys so much. Remember to rate, review, and share this episode. Happy New Year. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. The Coca-Cola Company, Cure Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo are bringing consumers more choices with less sugar than ever before. From sparkling, flavored, and bottled waters to zero-sugar sports drinks, teas, and sodas, consumers are taking advantage of these choices. In fact, nearly 60% of beverages sold contain zero sugar. To learn more, visit balanceus.org.